This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. This week on a special bonus episode of Meet and 3, we're celebrating Mardi Gras with an ode to the king cake, the most delicious custom of carnival season. This is kind of like terrible comparison, but it's kind of like a braided New Orleans babka, if you really think about the actual technique of it. Do we know why they put a baby in the cake yet? You'd better be careful where you get that cake because your friends and coworkers in New Orleans are going to have an opinion about it. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Cutting the Curd, the all-cheese, all-the-time radio show on the Heritage Radio Network coming at you out of Bushwick, Brooklyn. I am Aaron Foster, and I'm here today with my guest, Ivy Ronquillo. You may remember her from last March when we uh, joined her, I believe the term we used was looking over the precipice into the miasma of retail ownership. Um, Everyone loves a good miasma. Everyone loves miasma. It just, it sounds so nice and clean. Um, and we uh, we threatened, or I should say promised, to join her in a year or so and see where things were at with uh, her endeavor. She did open, uh, so I think that's, that's true. And, and you're still open, to my knowledge. Uh, and so <laughs> my knowledge as well. I think uh, that's a good sign, but uh, I think we'd love to hear, uh, speak to you and, and hear what's been going on over the last uh, 11 months or so. So thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you, Foster. Oh, and man. hello, Curd Nerds. Um, so uh, astute listeners and audiophiles may notice that uh, Ivy's a little uh, scratchy there. She's actually joining us uh, via satellite telephone from from Mexico. Is that right? Yes. And you're on your sure. first real vacation since opening the store? Not just real vacation. My first day away from the shop in almost a year. Wow. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to get away. Seriously. Um, I think it, to, was, uh, it was a necessity. Yeah. To my mind, that's a good sign um, for sure. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I won't share with you the story of what happened when the first time I went away from my store, but um, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that it, it, it won't happen to you. <laughs> um, well, thank you. <laughs> So, so I, let's let's just dive in. I guess first of all, you know, I, I, we had set aside some questions um, at the end of the last show that we kind of wanted to to touch on when we got back together in 2020. Um, but my real question is, you had set you were very, I think you were very positive. You were very upbeat, very ambitious, and uh, you seemed happy, a lot happier than I was when I was staring down the barrel uh, trying to get open. Um, and you were aiming for an opening date. I think we spoke in late March, and you were aiming for April 9th. Did that date happen? That date did not happen. Okay, tell us but about it. But we came very close. Yeah. We opened on April 17th instead. 
Okay, not um, so and bad. Frankly, the only delay was my cheese cases. That they is... just did not show up until the last possible moment. Wow, that is yeah, the, yeah, okay. Uh, and you didn't. You had kind of made a point that you came in under budget on your cheese cases, and you went. Um, you know, you found something that worked with your aesthetic, and uh, and you kind of. It seemed like you had had that on lockdown, and it just they just kind of they weren't like big custom jobs. I take it. No, no, we were actually very limited in what we could uh, what we could get. I couldn't move any windows to get the cases in. I couldn't move any doors, so we were stuck to thirty five inches wide or less. Um, and then ideally something under $8 million. So, um, we had about three <laughs> options and it meant getting them in from Lord knows where, but, and it took about 10 weeks, Wow! but we got them. Well, and once we got those, then we were able to get our certificate of occupancy and our permit from the department of agriculture, so on and so forth. No kidding. Well, it's yeah. fine. It's uh, the cheese case of all things to be the last thing in, especially given how much that shapes your space. Um, it, it must does. it yeah. must have been really hard for you to sort of imagine it being what it was until the very last second. Uh, yeah, and in retrospect, I probably would have designed the shop a little bit differently, so on and so forth. But these are things we learn along the way. Yes, and. One day, if I'm feeling super flush, I might redesign the countertops. I might redesign the cases. But this is what I've got to work with for right now, and it's it's manageable. Okay. So you opened uh, April April 17th, uh, you know, barely 10 days after your planned date, which is really not too bad. And I know you, you would push that date a month or so, but that still doesn't strike me as that bad. Um, no, no. And you... Uh, you were planning on being open six days a week. Is that still the uh, still the general? Are that you still boxing still on Mondays? Yeah, we are closed on Mondays. Um, that has been my admin day. Um, one of the things I learned along the way is that I need more than one day. Uh, that for yourself you know, or for admin up, or I, more than one day for both. what? I see. For both. Yeah, I after about six months, I've got pretty impressive stamina. If I don't say so myself. Um, but, uh, I realized about six months in that I can't take care of all my personal needs, take care of my children and take care of all the administrative for the shop and feel healthy. Right. Um, much less raring to go the next day. Um, so that's something that I'm working on changing. I need to have a second day so that one day can be just admin and one day can be for me with my feet up. Self-care. Um, or doing something other than shop related. Right. Your mental health is rather key. Yes. I, and I, I, uh, I, I think that this is something I'd love to see our industry and, you know, our more broadly and, and, and certainly on the, in the micro cheese industry. Uh, I feel like we don't talk about mental health enough and we don't talk about how yeah. demanding our, you know, our jobs are, um, and how, you know, the kinds of effect that, that that has I certainly have experienced my fair share of uh, breaking breaking points uh, over the years yeah. and it's been you know my wife has been my rock there but you guys actually you you do a certain amount of work together your your husband and you right not really to be honest hmm. uh, when he when we first opened he was very much involved in the aesthetic of the shop um, some handiwork which I I would never consider my area of expertise. But then his job at, you know, his actual office job got quite a bit busier. And he's 
this past month, he's been traveling nonstop, for example. Wow. So I'm a solo parent as well as a sole proprietor of the shop. Wow. Um, he will, you know, every once in a while stop in on a Sunday and deliver things, whatever it may be. But it's been my show. Um, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. Well, <laughs> so absent, uh, you know, absent Mark, is there, um, have you found a sort of rock? Uh, uh, your, I think we decided Gal Friday the last time. A, uh, um, have you, you know, your, uh, your left foot? Um, uh, I have. I have, and uh, there's one guy who I swear I will duct tape to me if uh, if he ever threatens to leave. But he was he didn't come the way I expected. Um, it wasn't through some Indeed posting or good food jobs. It was a customer, oh, um, yeah. and he was asking about how I started this and. You know, all of the, the nitty-gritty behind the scenes of what did you do to get this, to get the shop open. And the more we talked, the more there was clearly a, a chemistry. Um, and he just had, just so happened to have left his last role and was looking for something to kind of bide his time. And it was, it was perfect timing. That's um, great. And you... he's now running the shop while I'm on vacation. Oh, I and am, uh, he's uh... my hero. That's phenomenal. What's his name? His name is Andrew. Great. And don't you ever steal him? Slow <laughs> <laughs> down. Um, and where do I find Andrew? I just, just you know, ju- it's merely for journalistic. Um, you know, I, I just want to confirm and run it down as a source. Um, so <laughs> you know, actually, one of the things that I learned, Andrew um, had a background as a line cook. Um, so that pace. And the attention to detail and, and a really diverse set of details came kind of naturally to him, having had the background that he did. Uh, whereas people who come from, you know, a variety of backgrounds don't necessarily meet all those expectations as easily. Right. Um, and I think that played a large part in it. He just, he picked it up very quickly and um, I didn't have to really train very much other than the absolute essentials or you know the way I do things the way I expect people to do things behind my counter um, but that's something you can learn the rest kind of has to be in existence so not a uh, not exactly a career changer but maybe a, a sort of uh, role changer and uh, yeah coming from the kitchen I've often yeah. found my best customers, I'm sorry, my best, some of my best employees uh, started out as customers and were just like, what's it like on the other side of that counter? You guys hiring? Right. And uh, they've often been, you know, some of my, my sort of most loyal and trusted people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's quite a few of my staff who've come from, from, you know, the other side of the till. And it's, for the most part, it has been a blessing. Well, you, um, you know, this was some, this, an area where uh, you were f- quite confident. You were feeling, I guess you've done plenty of recruiting in the past uh, as, a, as a career, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, the recruiting part comes pretty easily. But people are human, and they have their foibles, and sometimes that works, and sometimes it really doesn't. <laughs> Um, and you have to learn along the way. I was, you know, before we, before we started this conversation, I was kind of taking mental notes of what makes for a good candidate and what makes for a good relationship with your, with your candidates. And, uh, you have to recognize that 
not everybody is going to deliver everything that you're expecting of them. What's acceptable and what is not is really what's at play there. Um, it's not so much, you know, how much are you willing to accept, how much are you willing to tolerate? Um, because we're, we're all imperfect. Right. And, and I, uh, setting, but I, imagine, I also have very high expectations. That I was my, that. that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Uh, or at least note uh, is that I feel like you, you know, you hold yourself to a, a high, a pretty high standard and you also tend to have a, you know, a, a good amount of get up and go. I think you described it as, and, and, uh, you know, it's it's only reasonable to expect that of others. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do, I do, and at the same time, you know, I I hope I return it in a really fun environment. I I try to give my staff as much perks as I can afford, um, but yeah, I do have high expectations, and I recognize that there's a learning curve, and people do make mistakes, but I shouldn't have to correct them six times. Right. You know, so two. You... Okay, that's fair. You were, yeah, you were, you were feeling very confident that you were going to be able to kind of recruit and hire good people, and that wouldn't be an issue for you. And I, and I think I intimated that staffing was always a challenge here in, uh, in Brooklyn and in general. Um, you know, did, and I, I'm maybe reading between the lines, but it sounds like maybe it wasn't quite as smooth as you anticipated. <laughs> no, staffing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, finding people is very difficult, uh, and usually what it means is you're just working those doubles until the right person shows up, yeah. um, which, of course, has its limits. Um, but And there are a few people who I hired where I, they didn't work out. Uh, some people, it was, very, it was uh, very clear very early on, and other people, it was, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again, and I just came to terms with... I, I don't want you here anymore. I, I don't think any ill of you, but this isn't working. It's a bad fit. It's a bad fit. And really, I, I pay a lot of attention to um, just kind of my gut feelings. And if I was tense when an employee was walking through the door, I knew this is, this is not working. I think that's a good, that's a really kind of good tip and rule of thumb. I, you know, I often stress about trying to find a bot, you know, you need a certain amount of bodies to make the store run and you can't do every job yourself. Um, right. My store is a little bit bigger and, and, and has a little bit kind of more moving parts than yours, but it, I think the principle is the same and, and you obviously can't open, close, serve all the customers, cook all the sandwiches yourself. Yeah. Uh, and so, it, you know, this... I often feel tension between wanting to um, find the right person and find a, per- <laughs> a person yeah. that has yeah. arms, it's... legs, and a head and, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you could replicate yourself, fantastic. I'd probably but... choose someone taller just to get at those things <laughs> on the higher shelves for my, just for me, but sure. <laughs> um, you know, if that was negotiable. <laughs> Um, but, but I, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have a, um, I want to know, do you, you know, are you where you thought you'd be? Let's, let's start with the question, uh, the shot, like, are you, are you executing all the different business channels that you thought? Do you have the cheeses you wanted to have? Are you making the sandwiches yeah. you felt like you'd be making? Yeah, that we are. 
Um, I've I've stuck to my guns with the types of cheeses I want to carry. It also, you know, I everything we're selling is small batch. There is a human behind everything that we sell. Um, I also happen to have um, Whole Foods five miles away from me and Chico's, which is a pretty popular Westchester privately owned supermarket chain. Also, you know, a stone's throw for the shop. So I know I can't carry the same cheese as they carry. I will never be able to compete in terms of price. I won't be able to compete in terms of volume, all of that stuff. Um, so I've been able to narrow our focus considerably based upon what is it they don't carry in many, in many respects. Um, and then... Um, now, are those stores that are new or were they... My business model working the way I had intended. Um, we're actually selling a lot more prepared food than I expected. Um, now, I'm intentionally keeping the menu very small because I don't want to turn into a sandwich shop. On the other hand, in the slow months, it's about 25% of my profit. And I'd be a fool to let that go. Um, so if, if there's some days, uh, and they're rare, but there's some days that all we sell is prepared foods. No one buys a single piece of cheese. And shit, that's paying my staff. So I got to keep on going. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can empathize with that. And I think a lot of, you know, you have a vision when you're opening your business uh, about what you want it to be and what, what your dream was to execute. And then that the rubber meets the road and you, you have to adapt um, to reality. And I think that it, there's always some tension between um, what you wanted slash expected and what the reality is. And I, and I think it's important to hold on to, you know, the, the thing that you want it to be so that you retain a, a level of vision. Um, yes. Otherwise you're just chasing, you know, you're chasing the money, chasing the trends, and there are there are just more effective ways to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, people come in and be like, oh, you should sell smoothies. <laughs> I'm never going to sell smoothies. Uh, but if, you know, if I need to make another couple of sandwiches on a baguette, you know, and that means that we have higher sales that day, so it goes. That's fine. I've got one word for you. Chia. It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, res- I have a lot of respect for you. Now, were those the, you know, you mentioned to Chico's and Whole Foods, were those there when you signed the lease on your space? Like, did, were they always going to kind of fit into your understanding of who your market was, or are they newer? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, okay. The Chico's was there, and they actually have a pretty impressive collection of cheeses. They just don't handle them the same way that a cut order shop would. Right. And, you know, their cheese plates to go are on styrofoam plates, and they, frankly, don't look that appealing to me. Um, Whole Foods opened the exact same week that we did. Oh, man. So that was a whammy. Oh, man. (laughs) And we also found out that the wine store that is next door to my shop, which was a huge bonus, we found out probably within a week or so of us opening that they were relocating. Not only were they relocating, an entire building was being raised. Wow. And uh, there was going to be construction next door. So that I did not expect. Wow. On the other hand, we have our tavern license, and we're able to sell wine, beer, and cider by the glass. And we figured, you know what? We've got to roll with these punches because we can't control them. Well, I... uh... 
That's uh, that's intense, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I did find out one of one of the major um, distributors that I was planning on working with won't deliver to me because they deliver to Whole Foods and they prioritize Whole Foods over me, which I understand from a business perspective. But guess who burnt the bridge? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty messed up. Um, yeah, and they were they weren't they didn't really hide that information too well. Um, so I was like, you know what, dude, you're out. That one one of the things I really did stick with was if you got bad vibes, you were not welcome in my world. And so there's quite a few distributors that I won't work with because I just they don't fit well with me. Right. Well, I, I mean, I I I think. It, most sh- uh, most shops have a yeah have a list of preferred preferred vendors and uh, there's yeah. reasons for that and we certainly do. Yeah, I think dignity might be one of them. <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get the uh, the juice offline. <laughs> um, saucy, I like it. Um, so, it, but it sounds like you are you know you haven't felt like it was change or die and you you, you know you're still. Yeah. You're, you've been able to kind of hold true to your vision um, and that your expectations there were, were kind of roughly in line with, with reality. Um, yeah. How are you feeling sort of financially? Uh, well, that, that salary I promised myself, that, <laughs> that never came to fruition. Oh, no. I no, I haven't paid myself yet. Uh. So it kind of came off the the line item came off and and just goes into the keeping the you know keeping everything running and liquid and yeah. all that jazz. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that I haven't invested more into the store. So whatever has come extra um, has gone right back in. Right. We needed more refrigerators. We you name the equipment, it died, and I needed a new one. Yeah. Um, but you'd think we'd have mastered refrigeration by now after. A hundred years or so. Oh, you would, well, you know what it is? It's not the refrigeration. It's all the small appliances. Right. And I, and I think, actually, I have some sort of weird magnetic... <laughs> like, there's some magnetic field around me that doesn't work, but if there's a small appliance, it will die in my presence. Um, so I've had to replace Cuisinart's, four of them. Um, I've Oy. had to replace immersion blenders. <laughs> oh, immersion blenders. Those go... You just look at you look at them wrong. They'll stop. Oh my! They're they're constant. They're constantly dying on me. Uh, those type of things. And then I I needed to buy a beverage refrigerator because our, our prepared food selection grew. Um, just that those. Oh, I needed to buy a third meat slicer. Um, those type of things. A third meat slicer. Okay, so that's a you know that's an yeah. unanticipated expense, but one that indicates. Um, you know, a higher level of business in a certain area than you expected. So it's sort of one of those things where yeah. it's a, it's, we like our fingers too. Yes. It's, and it's a good problem to have for sure. <laughs> um, but you, it sounds like, you know, you were anticipating being profitable after a year. You were anticipating paying yourself a certain amount of money. Um, you were mm-hmm. anticipating having four full time or eight part time, some blend in there. And you were, yes. um, and so, you know, without, I don't, you know, I don't need you to get into specifics and, and you can feel free to demur if you, um, you know, if you want to. Um, but, uh, you know, are you, do you feel like you are, you know, you're scraping by? Do you feel like it's, it's gelling and it's just a matter of kind of getting over all of these initial humps and unanticipated expenses? Or, um, you know, you feel like I you're going to start having to do smoothies? My first year was not, 
profitable. Right. On the other hand, we weren't operating in the red eye. Sure. Um, we didn't have to pour any money into the shop, um, which is good. Yeah, that, that puts you ahead of me uh, after my first year. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, it wasn't as I had anticipated, but it wasn't terrible either. Um, and uh, what I can see is a lot of a lot of the money that was spent unexpectedly. I'm not going to have to do that in year two. Gotcha. So we um, the the startup costs, although um, I might have miscalculated a few things, I I don't feel nervous about year two. Year two should actually be decent. Uh, it, no one ever does this for you know to make millions, and. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be taking home anything more than a stipend in year two. Well, you know, that game but was I'm rigged anyway, so. What's that? The McMillions was rigged. Uh, and so, you know, no one made McMillions anyway. No, no, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, we're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back, and I'd love to kind of ask you about your your work-life balance and, and things on that front and 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 check in with you there. So, uh, again, we've got Ivy Ronquillo with us, and uh, we'll be back after a short word from our sponsors. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. All right. Uh, welcome back to Cutting the Curd from the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Aaron Foster, and my guest uh, via remote connection to Mexico is Ivy Ronquillo, owner proprietress of uh, Second Mouse Cheese. Um, so when we, uh, when we, right before the break, we were kind of talking about um, financial expectations versus reality. Um, and I, and again, I would hasten to note that you, um, you, you were, um, you were a bad bitch. You were very, you know, very confident, very self-assured, and it was really invigorating. And I don't, I don't hear that you've lost a ton of that in your voice, which makes me really happy for you. And, and, and to me is, 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 a, is a great sign. Um, but you, you also mentioned that you needed some 
you know, you found yourself needing some me time, uh, needing to carve out a little bit more personal time for mental and probably physical health as well. Um, yeah. What are your days, you know, what have your days been looking like and, and what have you been doing to kind of take care of yourself? Um, not enough, to be perfectly honest. And that's a large impetus for this vacation. Uh, I lean athletic. I certainly need some quiet time. I have two adolescent kids. Um, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts and I'm not giving myself enough, enough time to, to grow and heal and to recognize where, you know, I, I've got limitations. So, um, this is kind of my new kickoff point. Um, what my goal is, is to get another staffer and take Sundays to myself too. So Sundays can be my family day or my feed up day. Mondays become my admin day and we go from there. Um, but it has been trying. I, I, I can't deny that at all. There, I'm not a crier and I don't think I've ever busted out in tears regarding the shop, but I've punched a couple of boxes pretty hard. <laughs> um, and then I recognize that this is all a matter of perspective. I get to do what I love for a living. I'm pretty good in certain areas of this. Um, I recognize where I'm not so good in some areas, and I am learning to delegate better. Okay. Um, this is all a part of a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's you know that's a that's a very healthy way of looking at it. That you know self enrichment and, and learning is hard, and and remembering that you're pursuing your dream. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I want, you know, I, I feel like I sometimes lose sight of the fact that this is something that I wanted for a long, long time and that it yeah. was really hard and really hard earned and that, you know, the fact that we're still around and holding our own is uh, something to be proud of and, and that um, it, that this is what I wanted and it doesn't need to be what it was in my dream mind's eye kind of thing and that's okay because that's Every, right. every dream realizes like that. Yeah. There, you can't make a plan and assume it's going to go, you know, it, it's colored by numbers. It's not. It, it never is. But so long as you have the bigger picture in mind, you're doing all right. I was, when I, oh, I just saw a whale. Yay. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, when I was in the advertising world, when people asked me what I did for a living, I, I, I would always shudder at that question. I had to explain it and explain why it somehow, some way felt important. It wasn't. Um, in this case, I get to say, I own a cheese shop. I, I, you know, people who don't necessarily speak the same language, I can say, I'm a chef. They get that. And it feels much more freeing. And, and actually, it's, it's energizing. And, um, and they can wrap their head around it, and I'm proud of it. I, I do feel like it gives you some sort of superpower, particularly, uh, you know, if your spouse, which I think your spouse does work, work kind of in the corporate world, um, yeah. as, as does mine. And, uh, you know, it's n when, when we go to work parties, uh, or I meet, uh, her bosses and like, what do you, you know, wh what's your deal? What do you do? And I say, I'm a cheesemonger. They're just, oh, what? Uh, it just, it, <laughs> they're, it, it's so perplexing, uh, and sends them so far into left field. They're just gratified not to meet another attorney or a consultant yes. or, you know, uh, HR manager. Yeah, absolutely. As, as challenging as our days might be, 
we're kind of living a dream of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and, well, so say more about that. You, you know, you talked a lot about working with your hands and doing, I think you made, you made this, this differentiation between real work and, uh, and sort of unconnected corporate work. Um, yes. so are you, do, you know, I think at when I'm, when I'm in a good state of mind, I feel like this is real work. I'm making people happy, putting cheese in people's mouths. Um, you know, giving them this, this experience that not a lot of other people can give them or, or even get. Um, and then when I'm not happy, I'm like, real work sucks, man. <laughs> 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 um, you know, do you, do you, so is it scratching the itch in the way that you anticipated? Very much so. Good. That's great to hear. Again, if I could duplicate myself and be able to tackle more tasks in a 24-hour period, I would do that. But I'm I'm as content as I can be, knowing that I can only achieve so much. Are you still working? Doubles? Yeah, I'm an ambitious pain in the butt. You are ambitious, <laughs> and I love it. Um, and 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 you have the energy level uh, to get shit done, and you like getting shit done. Yeah, um, I do. Clearly, um, yeah. you've always been a get shit done kind of person. Um, yeah. But are you are you still working doubles? Are you are you do you come in for a shift? That's scheduled. Um, I, what's your time difference between like... Initially, for the first, I would say three months, I was working doubles five days a week, and then one day we just have abbreviated hours. Um, that had to change. Uh, and also, I was paying people to cover that night shift. But I was also recognizing that my kids weren't... I was becoming unfamiliar to my children and vice versa. And that was the dead stop. Um, so... I've changed that, and now I'm working probably nine to seven. Okay. Um, I can still come home for dinner five nights a week, and um, and we can you know move ahead accordingly. And how old are your kids? They are eleven and thirteen. Okay, so they're you know they they're old enough to kind of be okay for a little it, while on their own, but they're not yeah, going to necessarily yeah, be cooking for, dinner for I'm, themselves. I'm sure that their after-school activities are um, scheduled, let me put it that way. But if there is one night that, say, I have to teach a class, and that is probably once every two weeks, they can actually prepare dinner for themselves. Even if it is just scrambled eggs and it's not ideal, they're capable. And um, that's a huge comfort. If, they, if it was five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. And uh, I think we, we had also discussed, um, I shared a, an informal rule we had in our home, which was no work outside of the hours, no work talk in bed, and no work right. talk, um, at, you know, before, before 9 and after 9 uh, a.m. <laughs> and p.m. Um, you know, have, do you feel, and, and you've, you felt kind of like that, isn't how your brain works and not how you guys communicate. But uh, do you feel like you bring work home with you? Um, yes. Um, but I actually think it's, it's healthy and vice versa. You have a third party who's able to serve as a sounding board and tell you like, Hey, do you know how many times you've mentioned this ridiculous situation? <laughs> Get over it or do something about it. Um, those type of conversations are actually important. I also think Mark is really inspired by uh, this small business that 
you know, it's, it's kind of us planting new roots. Um, but he, you know, he's in business himself to a degree. And what he does for a living is on a much larger scale. When you get down to something more granular, like what I'm doing, I think he finds it exciting. And uh, he's, he's thinking about starting his own little thing just to keep his creative juices flowing. Uh, is it a wine store in the new building they're building next door? It is not a wine store. Because <laughs> <laughs> we would drink all the profits. <laughs> That's why I'm opening mine. It's just a, it's a more direct it's route. Yeah, it's a discount. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, we talk about business all the time. But it's not, it's not an area of, of challenge for either one of us. Good. That's yeah. So um, I noticed, you know, I, we follow you on uh, social media, and uh, you know, always kind of checking in here and there. Um, right around Thanksgiving, it seemed like you guys hit some kind of snag. Can we tell me oh, what yeah, happened? Oh yeah, you heard about that? I I heard a little. <laughs> I heard tell, um, and I I uh, my heart went out to you, whatever it was, because that's a time of year that's obviously really important for a business. It was your first Thanksgiving, I believe. It was baby's first Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You know, we lost power. Wow. We lost power the Monday before Thanksgiving. And it did not come back on until the Saturday following. Holy moly. Was it just a fluke or weather related? Or? Well, it was a shit show. We can start with that. Oh, um, man. But, it, yeah, what happened was a transformer blew, and which that should happen all the time. And um, it somehow impacted my the building that we are housed in. Um, so initially it was the entire block, and then it got narrowed down to just our building. And it turned out to be a much bigger issue than Con Ed could handle. So on you know the middle of the night between Monday and Tuesday, we had emergency crews working on the building, and it was very clear they were not going to have this back on by morning. Um, so that Tuesday, we're first told, okay, it'll be noon. Okay, all right, we can survive. And then it was going to be three, so on and so forth. By four o'clock, the deer and headlights look I had in my face had to be death burned. Oh my God, this is giving um, me heartburn. I, I, I and I was I I didn't I didn't know what to do. I didn't know I, I didn't even know what to think. I do know I was losing all my business the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, and people were coming in and saying, you know, oh, I just drove 40 minutes to get here. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not opening my refrigerator. I can't afford to lose all that stock. Um, so we lost a ton of business that day. But by 5 o'clock, we had an emergency generator installed. Um, I, I owe all of that to one of my employees who happened to live in the town where my staff is. And she happens to have the guy. Um, and he was able to install this generator, which got us going. The rest of the building remained out for the rest of the week. Wow. Um, and But by that, you know, by that evening, we were supposed to be preparing all of our catering, or at least, you know, the preliminary steps. And um, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, so we had to take some very atypical steps, which I probably shouldn't announce publicly, uh, because <laughs> sure, <laughs> the Department sure. of Health would probably not be pleased. Uh, but... Uh, it did involve moving meat slicers to other locations, and um, we we had to scramble and the scramble. The things you have quickly. to do to make shit happen. Yeah, I I I was actually at that 
I had I was at the brink of, of thinking, do I shut down the store and suck it up? Or and and more importantly, do I risk disappointing every single one of my customers Thanksgiving? Wait, when you say shut down, do you or mean do I forever? Or no, no. I, well, I mean that was what it was. If if we didn't open the day before Thanksgiving, that was our death knell, as far as I was oh, concerned. Oh gosh, uh, because I I had forty five catering orders. Um, I, I you know I just knew that people were going to be lining up to get into the shop that day, and although it, as much as it made sense for me not to open the doors, it would mean that we probably wouldn't survive through Christmas. Um, so we figured it out and it, it cost probably all of my nerves and many a thousand a dollar, Yeah. but we were able to get it done. The day of Thanksgiving, we were operating on a generator, um, but that meant limited service. We couldn't use the meat slicers. We could, the freezer had gone. Um, I was in the back the entire day from four thirty in the morning till eight thirty at night preparing these catering platters uh, where my crew was doing all the mongering, but everyone put their big boy pants on and we made it work. I would hazard to guess we probably would have done about 25% better had we had our actual electricity. You would think. We had a good day. That's, um, I mean, it must've been one of your, even, even hobbled must've been one of your better days. Uh, It was actually the best day we had. Yeah. Wow. Um, Um, yeah. Oh man, I'm like squirming in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't possibly fathom this stuff happening. So how could you possibly be prepared for it? No, it's the unknown unknowns. Have to roll with it. I getcha. Um, But wow, I, uh, you know, I certainly I I empathize, and I've we've had our fair share of um, sort of disasters, great and small, like that. and I, you know, I've got a dry ice guy on speed dial, and uh, yeah. I'm knocking the wood post next to me. Um, yeah, and thank goodness for insurance. Good. Oh yes. I've actually gotten reimbursed a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Very nice. rarely hear anyone in this industry say thank goodness for insurance. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy, but my my crew really. They powered through it. It was incredible. It was an insane day, but it, Mark was delivering platters at like 10 o'clock that night. Unreal. Yeah. Well, we made it happen. I'm very glad that uh, that you made it through. And, and there is something that is kind of um, team building and uh, trial by fiery about that. Uh, yeah. You know, you've all walked across coals together. Yeah. And, and nothing, nothing can really scare us now. Yeah. Yeah, bring it. Bring it. But don't, you, you know, she's ready, but we don't need to bring it quite that hard. I'm just, just speaking to, you know, whoever's listening up on Mount Olympus. But, um, you know, I guess the, um, I, I, I have so many more questions, but we don't have a ton of time. Uh, okay. I'd love to know, I think that what I really want to know is, we're, you know, now a year down the line, what advice would you, like, I don't know if you had a chance to listen back to our last show or or if you remember kind of how you were feeling then, what advice do you, like, if you could go back in time, if you could give yourself from the future, if there's, it not it doesn't have to be a, a simple aphorism, but what would you tell yourself either to help you um, be healthier and cope better or, you know, to avoid uh, tragedy or what would you do? What could you tell yourself? Um, 
goodness. I would say check your ego, yeah. which is what I had what I had suggested in our first interview. You did, yeah. Um, yeah, and and I'm sticking to that. There are some moments that are harder than others. If I hear one more time, you know what you should do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck um, off. <laughs> Sorry, well, maybe we should bleep that. But, high. Yeah. Um, and uh, also recognize when someone cannot deliver. Uh, it's That's the hardest thing for me. I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and sometimes I give them way too much. And uh, my mental health suffers as a result. Um, so uh, at times you need to reevaluate your relationship with people or companies or a means of doing things. Sometimes it just is not working. And that's all right. The world will go on. Okay. That's, that's reasonable. And, and, and I think a relatively sort of upbeat spin on it. Um, mine was, yeah. see, I was thinking about what mine would have been and it was much more granular, which is just, um, you're going to spend a thousand dollars more a week than you anticipate <laughs> and yeah. stash that away for things that you don't know, you know, you're going to spend money on. Um, I replaced our, you know, just our, bathroom door handle t- yesterday f- for the fifth time i think um, oh it's a glamorous life it's oh it's, it is uh, you know that's what really i think um compels people when i tell them about my day <laughs> <laughs> um but you know what you're you're laughing you're in mexico um sounds like your refrigerators are working and you're with your family i presume yes yeah they're here well you know what um it, it, I think you should be patting yourself on the back uh, and be pretty happy with where you're at. Um, you. And I'm very happy for you, proud of you, um, and excited that you're getting to 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 kind of make this dream a reality. And 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 that it, you know, while it's not what you expected, it it is making you happy. It sounds like it is anyway. It is, and I have to say, just in this this little sweet moment, that the community that we have is. Fabulous. There's, uh, I, I've never felt a less, a less competitive, but more supportive spirit in my many, many years in the working world. Um, we all support one another and rise each other, and it's incredible. I'm so, so happy. I think to we hear all that. get a little pat on, pat on the back there. That's that's great. Uh, and anything you need from me, um, you know. Uh, you should probably that dry ice guy might come. In yeah, <laughs> just uh, just put it in writing, and I will get back to you in seven to ten days. Um, <laughs> I will try. I should say. Um, well, it's been a real delight talking to you, and 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 uh, you know, I, I wish you great success in the future, and maybe we should make this. Uh, I think that an annual event. Yeah, I'm just thinking uh, that I think it would be really nice to talk to you a year from now. And, uh, oh, excellent. Beer and Wales with Ivy Ronquillo. Beer and Wales with Ivy That's actually, we're going to yeah. put that up on the calendar right now. Um, <laughs> well, Ivy, <laughs> thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and taking time out uh, from your 
margaritas and whale watching uh, glamorous life of a cheesemonger. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, this has been Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Aaron Foster. My guest today was Ivy Ronquillo of Second Mouse Cheese. Uh, she's up in Pleasantville, New York, and I strongly encourage you to go drive 40 minutes or more uh, to buy a piece of cheese from her. So uh, <laughs> thanks very much, and uh, we'll, we'll be on again next week. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.